Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. My spring is now complete. Well, it's going to be complete at the conclusion of this podcast because we just had good old Heath Rayfield on a couple weeks ago talking about turkeys, and uh, now we got the other half of that bromance on here, the guy, the OG, the the guy who uh, introduced me to Heath, and uh, you and Heath, uh, you're still at the top of the list for most appearances on the podcast. It is Mr. Noel Gandy here from, uh, we'll say, a part of Iowa. Um, you know, a, a absolute deer slayer that used to live in your neck of the woods. He was, he, he didn't want to really zero in on where he was. So he gave one direction, one cardinal direction. He, uh, said South Iowa. So, uh, are you okay with giving one cardinal direction with where you're from? No. Oh, I'll, I'll give two Southwest. Okay. There you go. <laughs> from Southwestern Iowa, beautiful Southwestern Iowa, um, I think probably the most underrated part of the state as far as like natural beauty goes. Uh, and it's probably just because nobody lives there. <laughs> it's, it is, it's uh very rural and uh, you're talking about lots of hills with cropland, just rolling hills. I live, I live in Shenandoah. I don't mind saying, and uh, it's named after the Shenandoah Valley and, in Virginia. Okay, I was tell. I figured there had to be a connection yeah. to that. So so it's literally just because whoever it was that settled there said, "Boy, this sure reminds me of the Shenandoah Valley." You might have a listener that proves me wrong, but that's been the tale that I have been told and uh it is when you're coming in from the south heading north. Uh well, both both directions really you see the entire town for the most part main main drag there and uh it's it's beautiful man it really is not not tons of timber but enough i want to agree with uh, you i want to agree with you noel but i've only visited you in the pitch black of night and uh right around the rut when it gets dark at like 3 30 and and so i don't know for sure but um if if it's like any of the rest of southwest iowa I'm, i'm sure you're correct yeah, it's a neat place to live, man. It's stark, starkly different from southeastern Mississippi, which is where I'm from. Yeah. And uh, it's a cool place. Yep, yep. And uh, I have heard on previous interviews that – so Noel is a pastor, and he's a good one. Um, he, uh, uh, I guess you could say you were kind of a church planner, church revitalizer, uh, that, that you felt – of course you felt called – to southwest iowa but also your uh, deer hunter's heart felt uh right at home in southwest iowa as well right this is the way i put it and uh, <laughs> i know you're a man of faith i certainly am and the lord if you're seeking truly seeking his direction the bible says that he'll give you the desires of your heart absolutely amen and uh, not that we pray for these things but when you're truly trying to walk with the lord he tends to take care of things. And, uh, yeah, I was called here for ministry, but it ended up being in Iowa, which is pretty <laughs> stinking cool. 
That is awesome. Uh, of course, you had to sacrifice a few things. You get a little bit more snow in the winter. You had to kiss your uh, access to seafood goodbye. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all, all the other things that you give up when you, you leave a place like Mississippi. But Iowa's a pretty good place, and especially if you're uh, if you're as uh, eaten up with deer hunting as Noel and I are. So Yeah, I don't, I don't think we ever meet if uh if i'm not living in iowa so that's right uh, it was it takes it's pretty good thing yep that's for sure and uh, i was actually just down hanging out with noel back in november and uh uh, noel introduced me to two of his friends zach and lance also just phenomenal guys and then also uh um, another guy named mike who i need to get on the podcast at some point mike strong from um uh, uh the woodsman buck ventures the woodsman he was down there as well. And then um, I think it was Zach's brother-in-law was down there too, who works for uh, the DNR, Iowa DNR. Oh, no, it's just his good buddy. is his oh, college okay. roommate, Dan. Yeah. Okay. So he, does he, no, he lives up in Northeast Iowa, doesn't he? Yeah. Dorito Dan. I can't even remember his last name. I just know he likes <laughs> blue Doritos. <laughs> but but it, I had a great time talking with him, you know, uh, talking with him about some of the issues I knew were going around with the trout streams up in northeast Iowa. Um, Noel and I, before we started this conversation, were talking about some of the woes of, uh, of Iowa that affect the landscape here. And uh, northeastern Iowa, which is probably the most beautiful part of the state, um, it's just like unlike anything else in Iowa. Um, they have some pristine uh, cold water trout streams, natural trout streams, and um, there's like a big issue on probably the most pristine trout stream um, in Iowa. Um, there's a huge cattle feedlot that um, is keeps going back and forth in the courts, whether or not they're going to be able to put it in. And of course, it's right on top of this trout stream. So uh, it was interesting talking to him and, and uh, um, you know, hearing from a guy who lives up there and, and does a lot of work on behalf of our natural resources up in that part of the yeah. country. So, no, anyways, it was just a great time getting to meet all of Noel's buddies. And then Noel, like, totally surprised me at the Deer Classic. Um, that was probably my favorite moment of the Deer Classic, even more so than when I got a few of my big sheds scored and entered into North American Shed Hunters Club. Uh, when I when Noel like walked up to me, and I can't even remember what you said to me, and I was just like, whoa, I know this guy. <laughs> I think I was trying to get you to sell me some seed. That's right. That's right. It was like one of those things like, I really know this guy, but my brain's not caught up yet. And uh, <laughs> my brain hasn't caught up with my eyes. And uh, that that was just such an awesome surprise. And you can actually go on to Instagram and see our uh, picture there that we got together. And um, hopefully we'll get to see Noel here again soon when I uh, head down his way to do some turkey hunting. So uh, now it's been wanna, fun. I, oh yeah, I want to tell you that, that was a true act of friendship too, Kent. Because I hate, I love the deer classic. <laughs> so don't mishear me there. But I don't ever really go looking to buy anything. I'm there like for camaraderie. I met yep. with you and several other several other people that I just look forward to seeing. And But man, you better not catch eye contact with anybody because you're there for 15 minutes. Oh, They're trying to sell yeah. you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You almost have to walk with like your uh, hood or coat like pulled up on like blinders. Well, Zach and Lance, I said, don't just keep it. Keep the blinders on, boys. Just keep the blinders <laughs> on. 
Yep, yep. No, we appreciated you stopping by. I was glad you got to meet um, my uh, coworker, Nicholas, also a good friend of mine. And um, I think the, we were the only two there at that point. But, but no, it was a, it was a good event. And um, I was definitely exhausted by the end, but it's been great for our business. A lot of businesses come as a result of hands we uh, were able to shake at the at the classic this year. So it was a great event, good one that's put on by our by uh, the deer hunting community in our state. So in the whitetail state, we like to say the it's definitely the, a great place to network. Yep. For sure. Yep. Definitely. So Noel, as beautiful as your neck of the woods is you are kind of in the midst of a trial and tribulation right now um, that has affected much of the Iowa landscape. And uh, that is uh, wind turbines where they are everywhere. In fact, I think we have a wind turbine on our license plates now and uh, on our driver's license there's a picture of a wind turbine on there. At least there was at one time. It's uh, kind of becoming the thing, one of the things that we're known for here in Iowa. And uh, when they aren't in your backyard, you don't really think that much about them. Usually, I would say anyone who lives in rural Iowa can look out at the, you know, out at the horizon at night and uh, they can see the red lights blinking yep. somewhere. I mean, they're that that common now. And, uh, until your circumstance happened, I never gave much thought to this problem. Uh, but basically Noel received a notice that there was going to be a wind turbine put up. So imagine, uh, based on the map that I saw, now you can be a little more specific for us, but based on the map that I saw, it looks like, uh, they might have to move your mailbox in order to uh, put this turbine up, I mean, on the on the uh, the chart that they put out, like the little radius going around where the the pole is for the turbine, the base, um, that radius was touching your house. Yeah. In, in that diagram, I mean, dude, not cool. Um, yeah. That's that is. I felt so bad for you instantly. Caitlin, I, I told her about it, my wife, Caitlin, and then she saw somehow she was reading on Facebook or something. She saw an article, I think it was posted by KCCI, which is a big news station out of Des Moines, the exact story um, that, that Noel was talking about. So Noel, can you give us like maybe just a couple minute synopsis on that situation? Just, I think it's good for people to be aware of this kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, you mentioned trial and tribulation. I suppose it's who you ask. Yeah, because for for some, and uh, not naive, you know, for some, it potentially, like financially, could be a great deal. Oh yeah, uh, I could even go as far for some people. I don't know specifics, but potentially even like life changing type finances for them. Yeah, income for them, um, especially if you have more than one mm-hmm. You're right, yeah. <laughs> but as uh as someone who is not being financially compensated i have certainly a different uh shade of lens on the glasses that i'm looking through yep and uh currently the county which i live is fremont county our setback uh unless it has miraculously changed the setback limit for non-participating 
property owners is 1500 feet, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. And yeah, there is out of like my front front door, basically a turbine that is, that is projected to be right now. It's like, I, I don't know the exact distance, but it looks like it's 1,501 foot, you know, it's, it's yeah. the bare minimal to right. get by. And the, the struggle that we're having now. And, and of course I'm like, you can't, whenever I moved to Iowa coming in from Missouri, uh, you pass through these, through these turbine farms and, and I was in awe of them, really. They're huge, and, yeah. and they look uh, – they're just impressive, and you can see, like, uh, on a surface level where that – man, that sounds like a really good idea. It is so windy where I live. Like, why not harness that? So I get it. Um, But then I moved into Iowa, and I can still see the Missouri wind turbines Yeah, yep. that are seven miles away. Yeah. And they're like, they're in that that's in my front yard. Essentially they look that close anyway, but to think that these things are now going to literally be to where the shadow is going to be potentially coming through my, my living room, Mm -hmm. they call it flicker. Like that's a, that's a real possibility. And, uh, there are health issues that have been cited with these, uh, with flicker and with uh, this n- noise that kind of comes off, they call it the whoosh. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're loud. You, I don't, I don't I know actually, how you spell it, but <laughs> I actually, I actually hunted in Missouri uh, several years ago, um, not far from where you live. Actually, this would be before we even knew each other, and um, there was a turbine on the neighboring farm, and it was incredibly noisy. Uh, when that thing would shut off, it's like finally peace and quiet, you know, it's, it, mm-hmm. it makes it's 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 noticeable for sure. Yeah. And so uh, and then you mentioned the the safety lights um, just always flashing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something just I'm all for property owners rights. Yep. And for those who I, I'm not have anything against. Do I like them? Absolutely not. I wish there were zero. But at the same time, you own that land, and uh, I'm all for people doing with their ground what they wish, as long as it doesn't impede my ground. <laughs> right, right. And this seems to to be doing so. There are every county has their own ordinances, so it's not like a blanket that covers uh, the entire state. Every county mm. has their own ordinances, and so. Currently, one of the big issues with my county's ordinance was that the uh, setback limit on these turbines was not from the property line. It was from the actual residence. Uh, therefore, if the safety limit kind of impeded onto my property, then I could not build potentially a structure oh, wow. on my own property because it fell inside the safety zone of the turbine. So that, that has been probably the biggest source of aggravation for these aesthetically and all, you know, they're not going to look super attractive, especially to someone who's having to sit there and look at them uh, on a day to day. But I can, you know, like I said, somebody else's ground, I can't tell them what to do with it, right. but when it affects other people, uh, in a real way, not just in a, their opinion is they don't like windmills. Well, this is fact. It's in, impeding, yeah. 
infringing on on my property, then there have been some issues. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope they go away. I'm looking for them to come. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but right now it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of a wait and see, but yeah, I, my suggestion to your listeners, Kent is before they formed any great opinion would be just to do a little research on the pros and cons of my experience, my wife's experience, uh, in researching now just to trying to make informed decisions and arguments even mm-hmm. is that there are far more cons than there are pros. Yeah. And, uh, that's that, just a fact. Yeah. It's, it's something that is going to affect your life. I mean, um, th- th- that's for sure. And it's, I mean, and I would, if I could talk to the neighboring landowner, whether they're local or absentee or whatever, you know, they can they could change this for you you know they could uh they could say you know to be a good neighbor this is gonna this is gonna definitely affect my uh my neighbor here this thing being so close to their house can i go to the company and be like hey how would you move that thing back you know another another quarter mile or another yeah. you know or no it's 1500 feet right yeah okay that's not a quarter mile that's that's a uh let's see there's well, what is it? Sixteen? No, sixteen hundred meters is a mile. Yeah, I suppose it's probably pretty close to a quarter of a mile, fifteen hundred feet. So the, but what I would what I would do is I'd want to be a good neighbor, you know. So for instance, we had a similar situation a few weeks ago here. We have a, a, a you know, someone in the neighborhood, which I mean, I live out in the middle of nowhere too, but you know, the houses that are closest by. So somebody in the neighborhood, uh, like a high school age kid out having fun with his buddies was setting off like a dynamite blow up beaver dams. And then they were, you know, shooting like crazy and stuff, which you live out in the country, you hear people shooting all the time, you know, that's, that's part of it. But the kind of the thing that was getting everybody, all the neighbors up in arms was when he'd set off that dynamite, it would literally rattle everybody's windows and you could be, you know, I'm like a mile away from where this kid's doing this and it's rattling the windows in our house Oh, and so then you're wondering, you know, and I thought somebody might be on our property trespassing because I've had issues with, with trespassing and stuff. So I go, you know, down there in my truck and drive out into the field, make sure nobody's on our place. And and thankfully they weren't. And, uh, of course, one of the other neighbors, she was standing out on her out on her uh, uh, deck and wondering what was going on. We talked before when we heard something going on the other night. And, uh, and this is where it ties into hunting. If you're wondering, I, the, the first time I saw, I saw about 10 or 15 deer come running through the field right up by my house. And then I'm, and then you hear all that shooting going on at the same time. So now what do you think? You know, somebody yeah. out there poaching deer, you know, and, and so I kind of figured who it might be or who might know something about it. So I just gave him a call and, uh, super respectful. And, and I was like, I said the same thing. I was like, Hey man, it's your land. You do whatever you want. You know, as long as, you know, just be safe, obviously don't, don't blow yourself up. But at the same time, just so you're aware, man, you know, the neighbors are kind of talking like, Hey, our windows are rattling. What's going on? You know, you're, in other words, you're communicating, Hey, you know, you have a right to do whatever you want out there. That's legal. Um, but just know that it does affect the other people around you. And sometimes being a good neighbor means, you know what, I'll hold off on that activity, you know, and to his credit, he's only done it a few times. So no, no harm, no foul, you know, but, but 
you know, when you're shaking everybody else's windows in their house and stuff like that, you know, that's kind of, that's a heavy punch, man. That's a heavy (laughs) punch. That's a heavy punch. So I think a lot of this could be resolved when, you know, just like, let's take this back to the Bible, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So if you were living across the street from Noel and Noel had the money to put up a big old, uh, uh, turbine that doesn't affect his view but affects yours you'd probably want him to reconsider as well and and uh i don't know it everyone might be listening like what's the point of this well noel and i care about the land we live on i think most hunters do and um you know if you get a chance to weigh in if this ever become you know goes to trial or or anything like that you know if somebody gets or if there's a petition that goes around you know think about signing up or putting your name on that for Noel's behalf if you can or something like that. But, but, uh, yeah, we hope, we hope it all works out for you, buddy. And I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. It's one of the things Kent where, uh, it has been very, I'll say this very, very divisive in our County. And I am a pastor first. Yep. And I know that ultimately this world is not my home. Yep. And so we have been very careful not to uh, to be hard nosed about anything because I know that God's plan is greater than our plan, and whatever happens, He, he can work through those things. Yep. So, trying to keep that in mind as well, and maintain relationships with our our neighbors as best we can, and try not to show too much frustration. <laughs> yeah, no, that's honorable, and and you're a good man, and and uh, you know. That's a that's a better response than I think most people would probably have in those circumstances. It's so, been ugly. Testament. I'll say I'll say that it's been ugly. It's it hurts to see because we did we moved here to, to minister and uh, it's it hurts to see your community being uh, so divided. Right. And uh, and it really has been. It 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 sure yeah. has shown a, shown a lot of colors that we wish we never would had to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh... You know, whenever you're dealing with land issues, it's a passionate thing, you know, whether it's eminent domain for some new, you know, around here for 15, 20 years, all the people living kind of in our neck of the woods here had these giant signs up in their yard that said, you know, vote no on, on regional airport. And, you know, because they were talking about doing eminent domain to pick up some acres to put in an airport here and yeah and uh you know or you know the other thing that's going on right now is the talk on this car these carbon pipelines which i learned today yep. there's uh three that are uh, pl- planned to run across the state and um you know that's just a straight line from from point a to point b which i think point b is in illinois so it's got to go all the way across the state and i don't know how far to our western border this pipeline is supposed to go um but that's going to affect a lot of landowners and so there's a lot of a lot of uh talk and hard feelings there so it's it definitely goes with the territory but no we need to we need to switch this thing over to something more uplifting more uh let's something that makes politics. us feel good <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's talk some politics oh man i vote I vote uh, Noel Gandy for president, twenty twenty four. Um, he I just had a birthday, no, so. so I know I know he's old <laughs> enough now. And, Plenty uh, old enough. <laughs> get Heath to be your VP, um, but Listen, no, it's our, it, our our campaign slogan would be 
uh, can't stop the flop like Michael Waddell. That would be our campaign slogan. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, do you remember when Mediator uh, did their fake uh, uh, presidential run back in 2020? It was oh uh, Ranella Patelis 2020 Better Hunting and Fishing for America. It was there? There, uh, man. Did I wish that was real? I really wish that no. was the, that was the <laughs> that was the option. I would have, they would have had my vote for sure. But no, uh, we're not going to talk politics. We're going to talk deer hunting. And Noel had a year to remember. Um, you know, Noel, are you kind of let's let's turn this back to a depressing topic here. Did you ever at because your season was so magnificent this year, did you ever have that feeling like, man, I don't know, fall <laughs> like this might be it. This might I, I might have peaked. I mean, it was <laughs> it was so good. You had you killed two giant bucks, and uh one of which you've been after for what, three seasons now? Yeah. This was year number three to finally, finally got it done, man. Yeah. Did you ever have that feeling though? Like, man, what have I done? That I just, that I just use up all my good, my good hunting uh, um, luck. It's funny, can't listen, dude. I had this same conversation with with Lance, my just Lance Cornelius Zach Ripper are my two best friends, yep. and we use thick as thieves. And two years ago, Lance killed a deer that he had been after mm -hmm. much much similar to me with the stare down deer but uh, i was over his shoulder filmed the whole thing i mean it made national television this incredible 185 inch yeah. just behemoth and then he followed that up with 175 inch behemoth yeah. and we said the same thing oh we'll never top this yeah but like had you asked me 10 years ago if i would ever kill a booner much less two in one year like i could probably see myself having killed one in a lifetime yeah but not two in a year and uh i live in iowa man it's just <laughs> it's possible you know yeah. it's not going to happen every year by any means but at the same time i'm always shocked and i shouldn't be and here's why because we work so hard yep. to to have big deer Mm -hmm. uh and when i say that uh feeding when it's allowed passing young deer yeah uh really trying to improve the habitat where they live it's it's to kill big deer yeah and so i'm always surprised but like that's what we're trying to do yeah yeah that's right <laughs> um, but you talk about the season like season of a lifetime and like inches wise just for two deer, it for sure was my best season ever. But man, I'll just be honest with you, Kent. It didn't feel like it for a no. long time. Even so, I killed a buck we call Percy, and he ended up scoring. He touched 170, stare downs 167 and some change. But I, we swore we weren't going to shoot Percy. I thought he was too young. Hmm. But it got to the point to where I'm hunting every single day. And it's November the 28th, and I've been getting my teeth kicked in. Yeah. I mean, just, it was brutal. Yep. Brutal. My family, like, I have neglected them, my job for a little bit. Didn't, yeah. I didn't even go, like, my wife and kids went back to Mississippi for Thanksgiving. I didn't even go with them. And, yeah. like, that did not make happy wife happy life. I promise you that. But I just knew I was going to kill Stare Down. 
and uh, highly neglected, but at the same time, like it, it started getting serious where I felt like I need to kill something. And I finally got an arrow in Percy just because, Hey, he is he's nice available. Dude. He's yeah. I mean, 170 inches. I, I've got too much Mississippi in me to be letting that slide. And, yeah. uh, and it's one thing to say you're going to pass him on trail camera. It's another thing when he's standing 18 yard broadside. <laughs> yep. But you know, I messed the shot up <clears throat> and, uh, and didn't find the deer. I shot him November 28th. I, I recovered him December 25th. Yep. So like you talk about highs and lows and then the week or the day that I killed stare down, I, I bought a second season shotgun tag. First time I've ever bought a gun tag yep. outside of late. That's right. I forgot about that detail. That's right. Yeah. First time, just because I thought I could get him killed and man, I'm fired up, ready to hunt second shotgun. And my grandmother passes away mm. and I left and flew to Mississippi because I, we have over 20 grandchildren and they asked me to officiate her funeral. So yeah. huge family. What an honor yeah, it was right. for me to yep. go and minister to my mom and then to my family. And my grandmother was 90 some odd years old. And it's just an honor to do that. But at the same time, like this certainly was not priority, but I was also thinking, man, I've bought a tag that I'm not going to be able to use. Yeah. And, uh, I've already filled, I wasn't going to shoot another deer with my bow just because I thought Percy was dead. I just couldn't find him. Yeah. And so yeah. it went from like, dude, you, you're going to end up not killing a deer at all. Yeah. And within a matter of two weeks, I had 200 to 170 inch deer down. It was, you know, right at it. It was yeah. pretty special. Yeah very special and and I, you know so much in there to remind you that when things aren't looking so good you just never know how it's going to break and uh you know that's uh you know my condolences to your family of course with the loss sounds like your grandmother was a wonderful lady though and and yeah. lived lived a happy long life and and uh hopefully uh I, I would imagine you know there's a lot of peace that comes for your family too you know everyone being able to get sure. together and and, uh, like you said, but, but yeah, you know, that's a, that's a real stress, you know, I mean, it, it obviously is nothing compared to the importance of family, but, but, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's part of how we're wired, you know, it's kind of like when you were talking earlier, God gives us the desires of our heart. Well, the desires of our heart align with how our makeup is. And some yeah. of us are just made to be very passionate about, you know, I think everyone has some sort of passion. And right. uh, there's some of us that that passion is to be in the woods and about, you know, 15 to 20 feet up off the ground. And, and, uh, that that's hard when, when those life circumstances, you know, change that. And, and honestly, I was kind of feeling that same pressure, um, leading up to, uh, early muzz, you know, I love hunting that early mm -hmm. muzz season. Um, I've had a lot of success hunting that season, uh, through the years and I just changed my job this year and I didn't really know how the, you know, when you, so I, you know, I'm a basically for lack of a better term, a farmer now. And so working on a farm is very seasonal. You know, the, what's going on is, is tied directly to the time of year. And I didn't realize how busy, um, 
that part of October is. Now you might be like, what? You're a farmer and you didn't know October is going to be busy? I don't farm corn and beans, people. <laughs> well, we do a little bit of beans, but, but it's native grasses and native flowers and sedges. You know, so we actually harvest things as early as like the 4th of July. And, uh, uh, but we still had a few species that we were, we were getting into October and it got down to that week. And, uh, and it was like, uh, I don't think you're really going to be able to be off much this weekend. And I'm like, Oh no, (laughs) you know, what have I done buying this tag? I'm not even going to be able to use it. And I rushed home one night and, uh, my boss gave me the morning off the following day. And I rushed home one night got into one of my stands, just my closest stand. Basically the wind was was okay i'd been seeing some some uh does there and and uh, i'd been seeing uh some some uh uh, small bucks and so i got there and like a i don't know he was like maybe a little six point or four or five point came out and uh i'm big on on trying to hold off for a mature deer especially with with a firearm you know um but he was grunting like crazy running around and i I just had all the stress i'm like man do i just take this deer because i don't know that i'm even going to be able to hunt again other than tomorrow morning and that could be a total whiff you know hunting a morning in october can that's not always a a guarantee i'm like nope i'm gonna let him pass and i'm just gonna try and stick to my guns here you know because i've had that happen in other years where where I've let, you know, young deer walk and, and, uh, one deer, one year I didn't. And I shot a little six point as the first buck I ever, I ever, uh, harvested. And, um, then the very next weekend when I was trying to fill a doe tag, a big 165 inch, like, uh, like, like probably in the neighborhood of, you know, 12 13 14 point buck walked up to me at 15 yards and just stared at me while i was hunting from the ground with my muzzle loader but uh so i i i you know i i held off and it paid off the next morning but point of the story is you feel that pressure building and building and building and it messes with your mind like it makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do you know like like uh, you go back to like the neglecting your family stuff. Normally, you know, neither you or I would do anything like that. Like, dude, I know the limit. I'm not going to cross the limit. You know, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know where my leash ends, you know, <laughs> but when you start getting like that deer crazy, you know, that buck obsession, that feeling that pressure, like, what if I don't get anything? We're not, we're going to have to buy it. We're going to have to buy beef this year. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it's a it's a real pressure. It changes you a little bit. So, uh, but no, I think there's a good lesson there. You just be patient, and you spend enough time in the right places, things fall into fall into place. So, so uh, let's go. Let's start with stare down. Or no, no, no. Let's finish with stare down. Let's start with Percy. How old did Percy end up being? Do you think after getting a better look at him? Man, <laughs> I'm almost. Uh... I'm almost embarrassed to say, I think that he was three. I like, I've had some buddies take a look at him, take a look at the video. Uh, a neighbor had some pictures and video of him. They've all tried to console me and say that they think that he's four. 
But I just in my heart really think that he was a hundred and seventy inch three and a half year old deer. Oh my goodness. That and you always kind of hit that what if, you know, what what could have been. Charlie killed a great buck last year, same thing. He's like a two and a half year old thirteen points. Yeah, wacky, yeah, hundred and twenty eight. <laughs> like could like next two hundred. Yeah. I my my motto is Kent, we're shooting we're shooting giants of tomorrow today. That's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> the Gandys shooting the giants of tomorrow today, right? So <laughs> there's uh, your new there's your new tagline for uh, your presidential run. I need a, I need a shirt. <laughs> That's right. T shirt. You know who um, would yeah, love that dude, is uh, the the okayest hunter guys. You ever you ever see their stuff on Instagram? <laughs> they they would love that. Okayest. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's not original to me. I don't I don't believe if it is. I'll take credit. But yeah, it should be. Uh, Hurry no, up, dude. I'm, I'm pretty sure the reason why that I'm so convinced is, uh, is actually a, a very logical reason. He is identical for the past two years to another deer that I call YY. And mm -hmm. that, that'll be the next name that, to remember. Okay. YY. Uh, YY in 2020. Uh, let me be sure I'm saying that correctly. 2021. That season. He was a one-and-a-half-year-old spike that basically had splits at the top. It looked like two little oh, Ys. So cool. he's technically a four-point. Yeah. The reason that I can distinguish him is because on his right ear, the the tip of it is locked off, and it's still dangling. Huh. It's I don't know how or why, but I picked YY back up in 2022 as a 10-point, just a nice two-and-a-half-year-old, really solid 10-point. He and Percy looked identical. Like you, you have a hard time differentiating which deer hmm. is which outside of the ear. Well, fast sure. forward to this year, and it's the same thing. They're running in the same group together. They are. Uh, they still look identical. YY was probably low sixties this year hmm. as a three year old, and wow. I know without a That's shadow insane. of a doubt. I mean, I, I know positively that he was that old. And he has the same body, same. I just, I really, in my heart, think that I killed a giant three-year-old. And and as you know, the the, the deer hunter in me, I, I'm like you. I want to kill a mature deer, mm -hmm. but I mean, people are being ridiculous if they don't want to kill deer with giant antlers too. I mean, right. oh yeah, they're lying. <laughs> they're lying. Yeah, they're lying. And and so I want to kill a mature deer, and we certainly did that with stare down. He's we think that he's six. Um, I want to kill him at five or five years old or more. That's my preference. Um, but man, circumstances dictated this situation. And, uh, I felt like it could take some pressure off of me and my family. If I yep, got a deer that's down. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that goes uh, into it. That really does. You know, yeah. well, you know, and I don't want to make this a big thing either, but like I'm a film too, film for mm -hmm. a hunting show. And uh, I've never been pressured by the show to perform ever. Right. But you have this like self-imposed pressure right, yeah. that you want to do well. You want to, like my son, like Charlie, he played baseball tonight. And uh, his, like the, the phrase that we've championed this year is that we're going to be an asset, not a liability mm. for our team. We're going to be an asset. And that's what I want to be for my Buck Ventures team. I want to be an asset. And, uh, and I even messed that up, by the way. I, I <laughs> did messed terrible. Up the film. Oh, well, the film's messed up. So I'm not saying that, that 
I don't know. The deer might have died in vain a little bit, and I've no one has bore the brunt of that mentally more than me because I I feel like I killed a young buck. And this, we're just having confessions here on First Gen Hunter podcast. <laughs> like, like good for the I, soul. <laughs> I have really labored over that mentally because I've, I've like, how stupid are you, man? You've you've shot an inferior, not an inferior deer. He's a magnificent deer. Shot a young buck. You said you weren't going to do it. You messed the video up. You said you weren't going to do it. Like just yeah. I messed the shot up. I said I wasn't going to do that again. I mean, it just goes to prove. It doesn't matter how long you've been hunting a deer. Like yep. stuff happens, man. And uh, you have to make split second decisions. That's one of the cool things about it. You get to have that pressure, but at the same time, yeah, like you, you can let it overwhelm you. Well, here's, here's the thing that I always throw out there when, when I have guys that are feeling the way you are, that I'm talking to, not that I'm like, I got all the answers or anything, but this is the thing that I, I try to always keep in perspective. You're dealing with a wild animal. You know, you may get him on camera a million times. You may know where his primary bedding area is, where he, you know, rotates his feeding and what days, you know, you might have that thing locked down. And then he might run across the road during the rut and get hit by a semi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you might yeah. have some redneck pull up, stick a, six five creedmoor out his window and yeah. and blast him and saw the antlers off and take him home you know and so there's so many things that that can happen between that moment and next hunting season um you, you know if when you see something that makes your heart do that big jump i'm not talking little a little f that little flutter when you see the first buck of the year you know and and it might be a little uh it might be it might be a doofus <laughs> and you get a little <laughs> excited but uh, uh i'm talking like the big old like you, you get a little buck fever going when that happens to me there's just something that's that's um you know pure about that there's something that a response to that is is pure and there's all these other you know this is actually our last so i don't know if you you've uh, seen that we've been doing episodes on tuesdays and fridays now our tuesdays episodes are brief ones we call them picking bones and yeah. um uh the last picking bones episode was uh that just came out today was on um uh doing it for the gram I uh, saw some guy ranting on Instagram about how he actually went after dads specifically. All these content producing dads going out here and and buying extra tags just so they can get more content and they can and and uh, so we we talked about that for thirty minutes, me, Caleb, and Alex. And um, you know we don't know what the answer is. That's what we said at the end. We don't know what the answer is, but that pressure is i mean when you're when you're doing what you do with buck ventures and what what i do with first gen hunter and and uh what you know name the biggest person in the hunting world does for a job there that is part of it you know you're trying you're trying to take hunting and make it make it something that you're you know producing something for other people's enjoyment you're trying to maybe legitimize that time a little bit that you're spending all that time. Um, 
that was something I that before I created First Gen Hunter, that was a big motivation for me because I realized, man, I'm spending so much of this time by myself. And all it I mean, yes, I feed my family with the you know, the game that I harvest, but if you ask them, you know, hey, what would you rather have? Dad here hanging out with us and we go buy, you know, moo cows from the grocery store or or dad away from you all the time and spending all that time by himself. He's the only one that knows what goes on with it. And then we get to eat venison. You know, I think I probably know what they would choose. And so it's like, how do I make this worth? How do I make this time worth more to others than just myself? Well, content production is part of that. And if you're going to do that, you got to be killing. And so that's, that's, that's part of it. And then also Alex brought up a great point in, Hey, that's part of conservation, right? Is, um, you know, on this modified landscape, we can't just leave uh, deer to their own devices or they would quickly eat themselves out of house and home, spread uh, EHD and CWD to every other deer and we'd have no deer eventually. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what you do while you're out there, I think, I think uh, you can't really look back at it and, and feel regret because you did what, what got you excited in the moment, which is a big part of hunting. You, you tried to provide me at that point, it was going to be your first deer for your family of the year. If I remember correctly, unless Charlie got one back in the youth season. Nope. Poor old Charlie. <laughs> he, he drew the short end of the stick this year. Youth season was hot. And daddy said, we'll yeah. just wait. We'll just wait and get you one during gun season. And, uh, then dad wasn't done hunting yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy but uh he's had a couple good years in a row though before that so that's good but yeah so i mean like there's all those pressures that go into why you took that shot so don't beat yourself up over it man well i thought you know at that point in time kent i uh stared down and kind of going off the radar a little bit Mm -hmm. and uh, he was still around but he was not predictable at all i actually had quite a few encounters i had stare down at the base of my tree on opening day like mm-hmm. literally could have when i say could have dropped the arrow i mean literally dropped the arrow <laughs> and i couldn't shoot it and uh the only time i could have like taken any kind of a crack at him the camera wasn't on and then we just we promised ourselves we were going to do that deer justice and do mm-hmm. the story justice by trying to get that deer on film and if we didn't kill him we didn't kill him and that was hard to swallow for me but uh that was kind of the plan but he had kind of gone off the radar and, uh, and Percy had shown back up. He had been gone. Just what you said. He had, he had crossed the highway come to find out mm. and, uh, he had been gone. He came back up and man, I was kind of monitoring trail cameras and three days in a row, he was getting 15 minutes closer to daylight and coming down the same trail going to feed. Yep. And, uh, the day that I shot him, like I went in to kill Percy. Yeah. I, I thought stare down could pop up, but I went in to kill him. So yeah. it wasn't, it was one of those deals that I didn't make a split second decision to kill him. I went in to kill him. Yep. And, uh, I just like was seeing red at that point. Like I'm going yeah. in and, well, uh, well I, and, and, and I mean, at three years old, if he is truly three years old, um, he may have gotten bumped off the farm by YY or, or well, uh stare down or I, stare? I really truly yeah i think that he was the the just the bull in there yeah and so, uh, so you know he ends up 
on a neighbor's property, I can guarantee you most people see a 170-inch buck. They ain't passing. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. Let me tell you about that. So I, I shoot the deer November 28th or 29th. I can't remember exactly. And uh, ended up on Christmas Day, I found him. I just went mm-hmm. and took a walk through the timber. Uh, stare down was dead at that point, so I wasn't yep. scared about blowing anything off. Um, I said, I'm just going to go now that there's very light dusting of snow on the ground. I can mm-hmm. see through everything. I'm going to go. And I found him very quickly. So I, I did uh, just a kind of a brief little grip and grin with the skull. Yep. Put it on, put it on Instagram and Facebook. Just, I was happy, man. I, honest to goodness, I'm sad that it happened how it did, but mm-hmm. it's a great deer. And I'm, I'm oh, not going to yeah. apologize for shooting him because I, I mean, I'm, I'm tickled with him. He's at the taxidermist. You know, yep. he's going to get just as much respect as any other deer I've ever killed. But on here, here's how negatives that we perceive can turn into positives. I put that deer on Facebook and Instagram and in the throes of Facebook comments, I have a guy who I did not know. I knew of him, uh, but I didn't know him personally. Mm-hmm. He, he shot me a direct message, a private message. He said, Hey, I've got, I know that deer. And I said, really? And he immediately started sending me, he said, he started sending me videos of him. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, I passed that deer on November 7th. And this kid, he has Percy 20 yards for like 20 minutes running back and forth a scrape line. And he let that deer go because he thought he was too young. (laughs) (laughs) But he was, he was almost two miles away and it was no doubt him. It was without a shadow of a doubt him. And, um, I hunt the farm adjacent to that young man. And, uh, or I have permission there and I was running cameras and I had him on camera on November 7th through the 10th on that other farm. And it's maybe not quite two miles away, but it's, it's a poke. And so, yeah, it's just, I said, well, dude, I'm sorry. I whacked him. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a hard time letting 170 roll. Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, No doubt about it. And yeah, no looking back on it with with regret easy for me to say i know from over here but but um you you went out there with a premeditated plan you put in the work you and so many things are uncertain you know and had he made it to a gun season you know oh he was toast man he was all over the place really and truthfully i think he'd have been toast yep so (laughs) to finish that point though uh i ended up hooking up with that guy and uh, just talking, he is eat up with deer hunting just as much as you and I are, which there are a lot of people who love to deer hunt, but he is like diehard bow hunter. He wants yeah. to get in there and like work the ground and do like truly deer hunt, not just like doing drives and things. He yeah. and I have become really, really good friends. That's awesome. Since then. So what, what I perceived as being a, a tough thing at first, like I said, not trying to preach, but at the same time, God's plan is perfect every single time. Yep. And uh, I, like he and his wife even went with me this past week. I was in Oklahoma at a Buck Ventures annual meeting. They went with us and they're going to jump in with us part of the pro staff. Fantastic. So, That's yeah, awesome. We've got some big deer to hunt this year. We're excited about. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And what a, 
you know, think of how much better you can know that piece that you have permission to hunt on when you can be sharing intel with a new friend like that. Yeah. Well, he he's hunting a big deer or was hunting a big deer, picked up the sheds to it. And uh, so we know he made it through. And it, the cool thing was, of course, I was tagged out, so it was a little easier for him to share intel because he knew I didn't have a tag. But <laughs> um, <laughs> to come, I'm, I ain't going to lie, I might would have gone over there. But it was uh, it was neat just, yeah, how, how transparent he was. I tried to reciprocate that and be equally yep. as transparent and say, hey, look, when I see them coming, they're kind of using this trail. They want to dip in around this piece of topography. Like, I, I think the deer hunting community in general would be better off sharing things, not yeah. going and putting it on social media for everybody to see, but amongst neighbors. I think we could grow and kill bigger deer. Oh, if, no doubt. if we were, yeah. if we had like-minded neighbors to kind of work with, and it's a, it really is a treasure to have someone who's kind of like-minded. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, kind of in our stories earlier about neighbors, you know, kind of the, the negative side of that relationship at times, you know, you could have your most pristine sanctuary area on your property that you never go to. And, uh, you know, you could be just, just savoring the first set you're going to have in this spot. And, uh, then your neighbor could be like, uh, cruising around on a four wheeler doing uh, hot laps around, uh, yeah. <laughs> near the fence line, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, now it doesn't matter anymore. So if you can have a good relationship with your neighbors, absolutely. You're going to have better hunting. There's, there's no doubt about it. Be watching each other's back. You know, a deer dies on their property line. Yes, we're a right-to-track state here in Iowa, but that can still lead to some pretty heated things. You know, if it's the middle of the rut and your buck goes and dies in their sanctuary and now you got to go walk in there while they're trying to hunt to recover, you'd be a lot better off if you knew the guy and you could send him a text message and tell him what happened and then he can help you plan out something that's going to still allow for some good hunting for him. I mean, there's just a million reasons, Yep, a million reasons. He's got a South facing Hill on his property. You don't on yours. So he knows where all the deer are bedded late season, you know, or, or maybe even shed hunting. You could maybe get in yep. on that. There's just a bajillion things that, that you could, uh, <clears throat> you could get right just by having that good relationship. Yeah. I love that. Well, hey, before we end this one, Noel, we got to hear the story of of Staredown, a yeah. three year saga. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, man. I uh, I that deer, like I killed that deer in spite of myself. <laughs> <laughs> means anything. the The first year that uh, that I had, you know, knowledge of this deer really wasn't hunting him that hard like it would probably been a one of those had he shown up perfect circumstances we'd have shot in 145 inch kind of a deer sure didn't didn't really i picked up his sheds 2020 2021 uh excuse me i'm behind a year but regardless have his sheds for two years Mm -hmm. on the same farm the most visible deer of all of of the bucks that I have, uh, the most visible deer on camera. I saw him more in person than I've saw any other deer. I've never had a buck in range more times without being able to get a shot. 
like probably any other buck combined than I have with this particular <laughs> deer. Two shot opportunities in 2021, uh, one with the boat where I stuck him high and uh, he just walked away like, you know, just mad at the world. And then in 2021, late buzz, I had him 30 yards broadside in the snow, high speed footage, like it's epic monster bucks type of footage. And I blow a tree limb into between me and him at 30 yards. And so that's the right. Story, I forgot about that. The story ended and uh, I am so glad it did because this past summer was the coolest velvet summer I've ever, well, not the coolest one I've ever had, but uh, because the year before was really, really good, but the, it was such an intense velvet summer with him coming out fairly regularly for me to see and and to video any man you know on velvet they just look so much more impressive yes and he was impressive anyway so i got my first picture of him in june to where i knew which deer it was and uh i mean he is a homebody dude i don't know that he ever left the 60 acres of timber that he lived on it's a 150 acre farm that i hunt i don't know that he ever left it if he did, it wasn't to go far. And that's, um, that's incredible. Yeah. The first morning have have him at the base of the stand. Uh he did what big bucks do, man, and he came exactly the opposite way of where we thought he was doing. <laughs> like he zigged when he should have zagged and uh three encounters within ten days uh of hunting him and then we kind of I don't know, man, it was just it was intense. It wore me down. It wore my buddies down because we, uh, my friends, I have such good friends. They both just committed themselves that I would not be hunting without a cameraman because we, we want to pay respect to this story because it could, could be dynamic. And then, uh, just, so they gave up first full month of hunting. One or the other one was with me every single sit. And, uh, I think on the 17th of October, if I'm not mistaken, I have him broadside 20 yards, six, seven minutes of legal shooting light left. We're in the timber and it's so dark in there, even with legal shooting light left, I couldn't see my pins and the camera certainly couldn't see him. So, I mean, just little things like that over and over and over to mentally, mentally fatigued was just the the word i will use and and, uh but he was so active he was so active i'd be in one stand and i'd get a cell phone notification that he's at another location we'd just get down and leave like we wouldn't stay uh just trying to keep from spooking him uh was super careful kent how we hunted the deer we never hunted a poor wind we we never ever hunted a bad wind with this deer and uh, I think that's one reason we saw him as regularly and didn't run him off because uh, I don't know that he ever knew he was being hunted unless it was residual scent being left around. Hmm. Um, wow. But yeah, man, December the 10th was opening day of second shotgun. I was in at 3 a.m. that morning, December the 10th. I was in Waynesboro, Mississippi. Uh, at 6 a.m., I was in New Orleans, Louisiana, catching the plane to get to Kansas City to get to to Shenandoah, ultimately to jump in the pickup and uh, 
I hunted that deer out of stands and out of blinds and everything all year long. And I went and laid up in a terrace because I, for the past few days before that, I thought that he was coming out. He was skirting the edge of the timber instead of coming through the timber to go to mm-hmm. a, a picked cornfield. And uh, he was, man, he read the script. Why, why was actually with him. Um, and another buck we called Jaden in eight point mm-hmm. uh he he was in a bachelor group on december the 10th wow. and a coyote spooked him out of the timber so i had to make it happen a little quicker the footage is not world class i was by myself i had the zoom kicked out as far as she would go and it was 135 yards with a tva scout 44 mag single shot man and that's, that's the only awesome. time i've ever shot a gun at a buck in iowa you know it was uh it was an in, it was intense uh can't the re, the release of emotion that came after that yeah uh i'm not a super sappy dude i i don't i'm not afraid of emotions but i'm just not right i i was worked up clearly but having just lost my grandmother who granted i'm not was not terribly close to but i've been with my mom who was hurt yeah all week and just i was exhausted the saga that this deer that he is just i bet we said his name a thousand times in my house stare down um it came out man and i didn't know it something came out that i didn't know was in there um in fact just last week we had our annual pro staff meeting and we have an awards night where Mm -hmm. different different footage is awarded for different things and uh I was runner up, but I was, I, I won a runner up prize for reaction of the year. Oh, and they, they awesome. award that they don't want fake. They award that based off just like genuine excitement or whatever. And it's, it's literally me crying for like five minutes and I just forgot to turn the camera off or I didn't <laughs> have enough wits about me to turn the camera off. And I'm just like, boohoo big alligator tears crying for five minutes <laughs> um, that's awesome that's what it's all it, about yeah i mean and it's like anything dude the adrenaline rush you know it wore down and uh i was physically tired because i'd been up all all day and then the adrenaline had pumped up and uh i crashed like that was probably the best night's sleep i've had in oh, I bet. years just between pure exhaustion and then elation yeah was so good and then like within within minutes after i killed the deer zach and lance are on the way yeah you know and i get to recover it with them lance's son lincoln shot his shot a deer that night his first iowa buck and we got oh, to take that's, pictures that's together so cool. you know with our deer yeah and that, that's incredible so special so special and uh it's actually going to be featured on on the woodsman this year ken i don't know even know if you know but um our show the woodsman has taken buck ventures spot on sportsman channel buck ventures has been in the wednesday evening like eight o'clock time slot for years and years and uh, buck ventures was moved to outdoor channel okay uh and the so the woodsman is now coming off of my outdoor TV for a national show, and uh, I wow. think the I think the saga of stare down is going to be the first episode if I'm not mistaken. So late that June, that is awesome, man. Yeah, 
That is like, so cool. So will it still be on my outdoor TV as well? So yeah, I, I misspoke just a touch. I said it's coming off, so I didn't represent that truly accurately. We are uh, contracted uh, for the Woodsman, uh, which is Adventures. The right. Woodsman's contracted for 13 original episodes to air nationally, but we're also contracted for 20 separate shows episodes to air on my outdoor tv and they'll still be streamed probably start in october so we're on the hook realistically for 33 episodes between the 13 national shows and then 20 my outdoor tv episodes but we have we have so many pro staff where uh we just had our annual meeting we had about 295 wow people attend yeah that's including our partners including our staff but uh, realistically 250 or so pro staff that are all, uh, trying to, to, to find their way onto television. Yeah. And, uh, it's a neat opportunity. It really, really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's competitive, but it's also very familial. Like it's uh it's a big family and we cheer for one another success and I, I re- legit, I mean, it's just Heath and I, uh, that's how we got to know each other. You talk a lot about Heath and Heath is one of my very best friends in the world now. And, uh, it's, it's through that. And you, you try to keep yourself with great company and, uh, not just hunting, but just with, with good people. Yeah. And, uh, everyone that I've met, which is quite a few guys now from, from there, I've just been blown, blown away by how good of people they are. And so, um, it's, it's, you're, you're right. It seems like a truly a family thing, but man, that is so cool. You guys, that's going to be on national TV. I don't have, um, uh, cable, but, yeah. um, my, my dad does. And, uh, my dad, my dad's a big fan of yours. So I'm sure I <laughs> I'm can, a big fan I, of his. I can, I can, I can talk old Papa bear and, uh, getting, uh, the DVR going or something for me. Well, I'll tell you what, this is not a partner or anything, but it's just how I watch it because we don't either. If we watch television, we stream it. And uh, there's an app called Friendly, F-R-N-D-L-Y. It's like seven bucks a month. And uh, we'll subscribe just for the months that the show is airing. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And uh, we're third and fourth quarter. But yeah, it's uh, seven bucks a month and it's live TV and Outdoor Sportsman Channel are both on it. Oh, very good. Well, that's a good yeah. little tip there. Uh, that can get me through football season too. But uh, <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's awesome. And uh, if you're listening into this, I strongly recommend you get that My Outdoor TV subscription as well because you can go back and see a lot of the action of Noel through the years. I think it goes back to his 2019 buck, which was a fantastic animal as well. Yeah. And uh, you can see uh, um, Lance's giant. Uh, did, they didn't have both of Lance's bucks on there though, did they? Did they have the yeah? Late, did they have the late muzzy on there too? Okay, yeah, they did. He self filmed that deal, so it wasn't uh, okay. Was that in the as snow? Much was that was it? It, snowing? it, it started kind of spitting. Uh, so Zach killed a hundred and sixty five, eight seventy inch deer. In yeah, snow. he shot a giant one that year too. Yeah, maybe that's what <laughs> I was thinking of. Them boys had a year that year. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, you can go back and check out those episodes there. It's they're they're awesome. My kids love watching them, and it's clean. That's the other great thing yeah. about it. You don't have to worry about stuff you don't want your kids hearing or seeing or whatever. It's 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 good, clean family show. 
But yeah. uh, and Jeff Danker, he's a legend in the in the space. So uh, it's always it's always fun hearing what he has to say. And old Jeffrey, yeah, he's a good dude. <laughs> yep. He has good people. Yep, sure is. So definitely tune in there. Um, Noel, what an incredible season, man! And uh, you know when you feel like you can't ever replicate it, that's what makes you got to dig in more and, and uh, try and get it done. When I, when I shot my buck this year, that was such a special thing. Cause it came off the home farm is my first, uh, is my first, first, like, you know, mature buck I've taken on this farm. And, um, <clears throat> my grandpa who was born on this farm, literally born in the, what is now our guest room. Um, he uh, lived here for 84 years. Now he moved into wow. town. And uh, I called him over. Uh, as soon as I had that buck on the ground, I called up Grandma and Grandpa. I said, hey, I just shot a really nice buck. I think you guys might want to come out and uh, take a look. And seeing how excited he was, and he goes, you're not you're not going to ever get one better than that. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he told me. And uh he might be right, but I'm going to try. And That's uh, right. You try. That's right. And uh Noel, you had a year that a lot of people probably look at that and be like, "Buddy, that was it. That was your <laughs> that was that was your season." But uh no, you can keep trying and uh I'm excited to see what YY turns into for you this year and yeah. and uh even uh some of the other bucks that well, maybe it'd be like your 2019 buck. You'd be like, who's he? Yeah, I don't know, but he's getting it. I'll be okay with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to Kansas this year. Uh, I didn't draw last year, so I should be in Kansas. And uh, the farm where I hunt there, we've got potential to get a you know a couple good deer on the yeah, ground. Sure. And uh, I've got access to another farm or two near home. My, the, you know, Percy and Stare Down came off the same farm. And so I certainly am, I've uh, got some young deer up and comers, but I don't know that we'll hunt it very hard and try to give it time to mature, uh, but have some other access. And I'm hoping Kent to be able to talk to you this deer season and say, brother, for the very first time, I have killed a buck on ground that is owned by Noel Gandy and First State Bank in Mississippi. Yeah, so, that that well, is just, uh, this is the official the announcement. Table. That's yeah, going yeah, to the closing table next week. I I sure hope so too, buddy. I think that would just be uh uh an incredible feeling for you. A a, a new step in your saga is becoming a, a new deer hunter. And man, you get that whole first wave of excitement now too of getting those cameras out there this summer and start identifying oh. who's around and and uh you know I th is that where you picked up your shed the other day with your tire was that on that property no that 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 picture was a little misleading that was not a recent picture oh that okay was just, uh, <laughs> that was just a, a little filler for the old gram oh, gotcha. <laughs> notice the caption it says are you still picking up yeah, shed? that's right I yeah know, i tried to be very coy with that yeah well i thought it might be off the new place but have you shed hunted the new place yet haven't uh you know i don't know that it's going to be conducive to holding deer uh, a ton of deer late season sure. as it lays yep. uh it's it's definitely uh due to a place where i think that we can kill a really big deer mm -hmm. uh probably probably this year looking at it being a rut farm yep. where we're going to get some action passing back and forth between two blocks of timber but uh you know i'm going to be like a first gen landowner this year and yeah. so 
figuring some things out. This is new to me, uh, figuring some things out. We have a good, a good plan in place to uh, bulk up the feed that we can leave on the farm. Yep. It's near a big block of timber. We think that, uh, sure, we're going to rut hunt it, but we really, really can manipulate some of the habitat there to make it conducive for late season as well. And so um, it's small, 30 acres. And uh, we're going to see, we're, we'll document the whole way and uh, all the, every step of the way. I'm like you, man, I'm ready to put a camera out right yep. now. Yep. Like, I know I need two more good months probably, but I'm ready yesterday to put them <laughs> out. And, uh, but staying off of it's going to be hard. It's really close to my house and I drive by it to go to work every day. It's going to be hard not to just whip in there and check things out, you know, yeah. frequently. Um, so we'll see, man. I'm up. I'm about to learn how to be a farmer. I guess we're going to plant. Yep. That's good. <laughs> so excited and nervous <clears throat> and broke all at the same time. <laughs> if anyone, if anybody wants to Venmo anything, I'm taking it donations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to get it done, buddy. At at some yeah. point there, you're gonna you're gonna get to see the fruit of your labor and and you know the payoff for your investment there with buying some ground and. And, uh, yeah, I'm just so excited for you on that new chapter. And that's probably, that's probably the thing that makes whitetail deer hunting so unique is you can always take it to a different level. And I'm not saying like you're taking it necessarily up a level every time, you know, like, uh, uh, but you can just explore something different with it. You know what I mean? And, but in this case, I would say you are taking it up a level by buying a place and, and manipulating the landscape a little bit and trying to, trying to, uh, make it a place that's going to be very, uh, huntable. So, and you know, sometimes those early season farms, they can be the best farms for getting a giant, you know, those October farms, those, those rut farms, they can, they can hold some really, cause that's the, that's, you know, especially if it's like during the bachelor group time of year, yeah. you know, that, I think that's something people don't really ever talk about is if you got a farm, that's a batch, a good October farm, there's a good chance that you're going to have many bucks that, um, mm-hmm. that you can choose from. So, you know, there's, there's a good shed hunting farms are good for the late season. Usually not much, not much else. Yeah. Lance's son, Lincoln, uh, who's eight, I think now he helped us pick up some sticks the other day out of the crop field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so as we're picking up sticks, he's like, I'm doing this so I can shoot the first buck off of this farm. <laughs> and so clearly it's already been marked and you and I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm yep. perfectly okay with it. Yep. Yep. Cause Unless that's... it's a two hundo and then I'm going to lose my mind. But anyway, you know, <laughs> it's that's another be, story. It's going to be a three-year-old two. <laughs> it's going to be a three-year-old two hundy and Charlie's going to be sitting there with his youth tag and you're going to be like, like, you know, dad, you told me last year I had to wait. You said this year I could go to town. So Charlie and Lincoln have first crack. <laughs> Yeah, there'll be, be two right of them. That'll be the, that'll be the bachelor group. There'll be like a a two oh five and a two fifteen together, and Lincoln Man. and Charlie will be in the same. Dude, you know what? Now that stare down's gone, and I've got that monkey off my back, I just about don't care. Like yeah. I, not that I don't care, but like I'm be, I got very selfish over that buck last year, but I I I'm beyond that now. I feel like, and I'm ready just to enjoy time with my boy and with yep. my friends. 
Yep. That's awesome. And it's a good, it's a good perspective to have for sure. Well, thank you so much, uh, Noel, for coming on for another episode. Next one I hope is live. Um, maybe we can, maybe I'll bring uh when I come down for Turkey season, maybe we can do a pick and bones episode and we get uh, my Let's dad on there and, and maybe get Charlie to weigh in on something as well. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun, but, but, uh, we can, we can try and put something together there, I think. But, um, uh, no, it would be good to see you here soon. And uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning into this. I say it, I try to say it every episode. You're the best part of the podcast, uh, the listeners. Hearing from you is awesome. Seeing your reviews is awesome. Please, if you haven't uh, done either of those things, you haven't reached out to me to uh, just kind of let me know who you are a little bit and and uh, what you like, maybe what you don't like about the show. Love hearing from you. And then, of course, uh, if you could leave a five-star review, that'd be fantastic. You can do that on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, um, you know, other than that, be sure you check out our sponsors of this show. First and foremost, the presenting sponsor, which is Spartan Forge. Um, I actually just used Spartan Forge, uh, let's see here, about a week and a half ago for my job. Um, I went and did a consultation on some hunting property for somebody looking to put in some prairie and wanted to know my opinion on how to get more quail and pheasants on their property and uh, also a little bit of deer as well. But it's a part of the world where, you know, deer is just as common as corn. So uh, they were mostly concerned, though, about quail and pheasants. And they asked my opinion on a bunch of stuff. So we they drove me all over their farms. And uh, I use Spartan Forge to map mark little spots that I'm going to go back to look at my notes, make sure I got the right recommendations for them. Um, so that's how useful the, the mapping is. You got all these different little icons you can use. They had quail, you can put pheasants on there. I think you, you can, uh, you know, really make your map, use your mapping to your advantage. So definitely check that out. But then of course, during hunting season, you can, uh, tap into the deer behavior prediction which is just phenomenal uh, really helps you zero in on when it is you should be hunting so you don't have to neglect your family chasing after a buck you've been obsessed over for three years make sure you get out there at the right time don't feel targeted there at all no. though like uh, you're talking about <laughs> and then of course our other sponsor would be east to west hunts good buddy alex who's often on this podcast has been here since some of the earliest days of the show. There is not a better guy to get you chasing after your dream hunts. Talk to Alex. Go to eastwesthunts.com. Let him know what you want to hunt, where you want to hunt it. He'll get it lined up. And uh, if you need the gear, he rents it too. So you can uh, do uh, uh, gear rentals through him. And if you like it enough, you can even purchase it off of him. So Alex will get you set up. He'll uh, get you uh, all the information you need to physically prepare yourself for a hunt, uh, gear-wise prepare yourself, and then also um, maybe how to uh, look at um, the application process so that you're applying for tags at the right time so that you, that way you can fit it all in for the rest of your hunting years, hopefully. So talk to Alex, eastwesthunts.com. You can save yourself some money. If you use the promo code FIRSTGEN10 at checkout, you'll save 10% off the cost of whatever service you get with him. So again, eastwesthunts.com. You can find a link for that in the show notes. You can also find a link for Spartan Forge in the show notes as well and all of our other affiliate partners that we have here at First Gen Hunter. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Until next time, take care and take someone hunting.